0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Retail Rundown. I'm your host, Julia Raymond Hare. And if you've tuned in before, welcome back. And if you are new, this is a show where we cover hot topics from news and trends happening in the best industry, retail. You can get in touch with us on Twitter at Rethink underscore Retail, on LinkedIn and many more. And you can find those links to our social handles on the bottom of our website homepage at rethink.industries or if it's easier to remember, RethinkRetail.org. If you're keeping up with the buzz and now on Clubhouse, it would be swell to connect with you on there. My handle is at Julia R. Hair. That's R like retail and hair like the rabbit. On most Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern time, you can join us for a live after-party discussion of the new rundown episode in our club. The club is Rethink Retail. Clubhouse sessions depend on guest and host availability. We hope you join us. You get to chat directly with everyone who's on the show and we hope to see you there.
1: Hi, Greg Schwartz from Valtech's Future Studio here. I want to give Rethink Retail's podcast listeners an invitation to an online event we're having on June 9th about the future of retail customer engagement post-pandemic. The event will give you fascinating insights into retail's evolution over the next five years and include expert discussion, technology demonstrations, and optional breakout sessions on different topics. The event is on June 9th. Register here on the link below or go to futurestudio.valtech.com. That's futurestudio.valtech.com. We'd love for you to join us.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Retail Rundown. Today, we are joined by guests J.D. Falco and Jeff Roster. J.D. is the Chief Technology Officer at iFi, a retail tech company that helps retail stores of all sizes become fully autonomous. Really hot technology and fun stuff, so we're going to get to dig into that a little bit. And also returning to our show this week is Jeff Roster. Jeff is the chairman of the Retail Advisory Board at Aptricity and the former vice president of strategy at IHL Group. Jeff is also the co-host of his own podcast, This Week in Innovation. Be sure to give him a listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you download your shows. J.D., Jeff, thank you both for joining the show today.
2: Thank you for having us. Glad to be here.
0: Good to have you. might be the first show where we have all J names, so go us. Let's dive in a little bit to the news. So just in time for summer, the United States were returning to this state of normalcy after a rigorous six months of vaccinations, and the CDC announced last week it would be easing its guidelines on COVID-19 preventative measures that include social distancing, mask wearing for vaccinated individuals. And as it stands, 60% of American adults have received at least one dose of the vaccine. So several retailers, including some of the big hitters, Walmart, Trader Joe's, Costco, they have nixed mass requirements for vaccinated shoppers per the guidelines. And in April, store traffic at Walmart rose for the first time in a year. And during last week's earnings conference call, Walmart CEO Doug McMillan said customers want to get out and shop. Jeff, I'll pass this to you. What are your thoughts about the state of retail as we're moving into these summer months? Are you feeling a similar sense of optimism that the folks shopping at Walmart are feeling?
1: Well, I think across the board, for sure. I think the country's been through, the world's been through an amazing challenge. I think the majority of us really stepped to the front and took care of business. And I think everyone I look at is ready to, um, you know, carefully, respectfully return to normal. And I think retailers are sensing that. And Concern I do have, though, is I I literally am very concerned, along with a lot of retailers, that we will not be able to hire enough people, which is an interesting phenomenon. So that's probably something that's going to be with us for the next couple of months.
0: And why do you think that is? What's driving that?
1: To me, there's no question about it. I think we were extremely generous with our unemployment. I think um, every restaurateur I've talked to in the last couple of weeks, and really actually the last six months, have noted that they were concerned that when it was time to begin to really open up, that they were not going to be able to recall their workers because they're just simply making too much on unemployment with the stimulus and, and everything else along those lines. So I think that's a big concern. I do think there's a percentage of those folks that are legitimately still concerned about engaging with the public but I think that's probably 10 or 15% at best. A lot of it is just people are making, in the service industries, you know, our people aren't always the most paid. And so making almost the same on these stimulus packages, it's an easy call for those folks. And it's going to be a challenge.
0: It's definitely going to be a challenge. And JD, you have a lot of clients in retail, especially in the grocery space. What are you hearing from their sides? And what's your opinion?
2: Well, the, they're all excited, obviously, for having customers to resume their shopping habits. And what we're hearing from them is that, There's still apprehension and the mask situation and and what they have to abide by is creating some fear that the retailers have to adapt and change the whole processes. And that's kind of heavy. On the other hand, it really triggers something for us at iFi because we are helping retailers to prepare that as well. They understand that it takes time for all of the customers to feel comfortable inside the stores. And so since COVID hit, we moved into this, what we call the hybrid solution. So this to really allow customers to choose how they shop. We're briefly talking about this before on how customers want to have the choice, whether to use mask or not, whether to shop with a cashier in front of them, uh, interact with a human or not. And I think iFi really is uniquely positioned to, to be able to provide that, these options, whether it's using computer vision technology to skip the checkout process and not really interact with the staff members, or still maintain a store that has your cashiers for people who do still want that interaction, who do still want to, whether paying cash or have recommendations on the site, and still benefit from MyFast technology. So our clients are, first and foremost, really excited to have customers come into
0: their stores. And I think it's a good position, JD. You know, you said it, it takes time for customers to feel comfortable and you have a hybrid solution so the customer gets to choose. And with Customers being more open to adopting new technologies like Apple Pay or whatever it is and and looking for signage, being more used to that, where in the past, I think we all kind of were a little bit more oblivious. It seems like the adoption rate would be faster among consumers who are getting used to doing the cashierless checkout. Would you say that's true? or?
2: Yeah, absolutely. There was a huge push. This uh, global pandemic really, really pushed the adoption of these technologies from very simple things like Apple Pay to full autonomous checkout experience. And we see that from the shopper side as well as from the retailer side to be able to enable their shoppers. They know if they don't provide that to them, uh, their neighbor will. So it's this huge push to adopt these technologies.
0: Absolutely. And just so our listeners know, this is just an interesting tidbit back to Walmart's opening and consumer behavior. People are purchasing items related to personal care, celebration and travel. And Brett Biggs, their CFO, thinks that's reflecting the reopening of the economy and their strong earnings. And also notable teeth whitener and new clothes are Back on people's shopping lists. So that is pretty interesting. I'm switching over to our next topic here. Sports venues were hit really hard during the pandemic. They were closed for months last year before they finally opened back up. And even then, it was limited capacity. But now we're seeing some will open during this summer. So Fenway Park will open at full capacity this weekend, and the Indy 500 is also scheduled for May 30th. And as many of us know, sports venues often house unique retail environments that are offering exclusive merchandise to fans. So, J.D., how has the pandemic impacted sports retail and hospitality? What changes can we expect moving forward?
2: Yeah, so more recently, sports venues are coming back, right? So we're having the retailers being able to put their stores into these venues. So they're becoming the spotlight in these next few months However, there's still crowding concerns, uh, which mainly occur at the entrances, uh, food stations, and even on the merch stores. The retailers are essentially reducing the capacity and adding proper spacing in the lines using four stickers. That's all becoming common practice. But we've also seen venues uh, create entirely new safety teams to monitor guests, uh, temperature, and ensure everyone keeps their face mask on. The industry is taking uh, safety really seriously. And I personally am very excited to begin attending these events again.
0: Me too. And Jeff, what is your take on the world of sports and the reopening and how retailers are or should be perhaps considering getting more involved and aligning with those?
1: For me, it just couldn't come fast enough. Out here in California, we've got the Warriors in a playoff run. We've got the Lakers in a playoff run. We're actually concerned that in California, we'll still have limited capacity and we're going to be going up against teams in the East that are going to be playing in front of uh, full stadiums. And so we're we're actually beginning to think, oh my gosh, we, we have a competitive disadvantage on that. It's a great sign. We need people to that feel safe to get out and start moving around to relight this economy, get things moving again. So I'm I'm all for it. Do it smartly, do it safely. But as far as being out in, in an open arena, boy, I I see very, very little concerns about that from my perspective.
0: hmm Shout out to the Warriors and the Lakers. I'll also mention if we look over to the NHL, just a little tidbit for our listeners, they make almost one billion every year selling national TV and internet streaming rights, but did you know 70% of their profits actually come from the ticket sales for the in-person events and in arena purchases that are during games. So that's pretty interesting. And by the way, JD, what's your sports team? Do you have a favorite? I know Jeff named two of... I'm assuming those are your two, two oh, big ones,
1: oh, oh, you cannot have both of those. It's got to be one or the other. For me, absolutely, the Warriors.
0: Warriors, And it's the, and it's the, hated,
1: and it's the hated Lakers, so...
2: <laughs> Yeah, I'm a Warriors fan.
0: All right. Well, we got two Warriors fans. I uh, go for the Orlando Magic, but (laughs) no one talks about them. So anyways, J.D., I wanted to ask you because iFi deployed a nano store at the Indianapolis Speedway, which will host the Indy 500 later this month. And I got to see some of the preview pictures. So that was really exciting. And I wondered if you could tell our listeners about the new store, about nano stores and how it could improve you know, the fan experience.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So we've deployed a, a nano store concept, which is a shipping container size store. It goes into these events. This one is sitting right in front of gate one of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. So we're very, very happy to be partnering with Penske to deploy this store. It's fully autonomous. So that means that customers can come in, shop as they will, and uh, walk out. There's no cashier uh, or anyone in the store. And we offer drinks, snacks, merchandise for the fans to enjoy. It's already live and it's providing a safe checkout free shopping experience. And it's going to stay there for customers attending the practice race labs and waiting uh, up to the event itself on, on May 30th.
0: Very cool. And how big is it? What's the size?
2: It's a typical shipping container size. It's about, I believe, 180 square feet. It's quite small. It has a cooler with some drinks. It has a section of snacks and another section of merchandise. So it's it's pretty small, but it can be mobile, can go into any event. It's just the right size for people who want to go in get their snacks and merchandise and and go check out the event.
0: And you said it's completely mobile. So it sounds like you can move it in and out. And if I was a retailer, it's just my personal opinion. I think people are going to be ready to spend money if they're going to a sporting event. It's been a year of, you know, not being able to and you're finally out there, you're ready to have a good time and not worry about things. And I think that there's a lot of other retailers that, you know, should try to find ways to align with these different sporting venues and get in there. Jeff, did you have any other comments?
1: Well, I love the idea. I mean, if you think about anything that we've gone through the last year, year and a half, the idea of touchless commerce or... Contactless commerce just makes a ton of sense. I mean, um, if I look at one of my favorite retailers, um, it's a grocery store, kind of high end, and it used to be the checkout experience was phenomenal. Well, now the checkout experience is a giant wall of plexiglass, and I've got to bag up my own stuff. If I bring in a, my own shopping bags, which we were told to do, it went from an amazing checkout experience to a, a, a silly checkout experience. And so I've been using the self checkout more and more because there's no really cool checkout experience anymore. And so when we look at where we're going, if we're going that direction, what we're talking about here just makes a ton of sense. And I think more and more people are going to be interested in that. It's clearly safer. It works. And the adoption looks like it's beginning to uptake. I'm seeing more and more studies around contactless retail showing interest. Really good numbers coming out of of several studies this year looking at overall IT spend increasing, which is awesome. Return to the projects that were pre-COVID, which is also awesome. And the whole digital transformation of retail is really accelerating. So this absolutely makes sense. It would make sense to me to see it, see it uptake, and I would expect to see it really have a, have a good run in the next four or five
0: years. Yeah, I agree with all those things. And also not having to wait in line. I think that makes it safer too, right? We're not lingering around other people. You just go in and go out. And that's amazing because people hate waiting in line. So I think that there's a really exciting experience for people to you know interact with that technology and, and see that it does, in fact, work. You can deploy it quickly. And really cool stuff that iFi is doing.
2: I think there's two points here that are very interesting. You you mentioned the shoppers, so not having lines, right? Uh, But I think from a retailer perspective, the overhead of trying to put a store like this in one of these events, the mobility of it, it's really key, right? You can have one of these stores go from event to event. For example, this one in Indianapolis, it's going to move after the May 30th to the visitor center. And it's going to continue serving guests. And then in August, it will move back to the Gate One for the annual uh, Brickyard Racing event. So it's really interesting that we can make this experience go to where it's needed. And uh, these events happen punctually in all these different locations. And we can just put one of these everywhere.
0: And this might be a dumb question, but... I mean, is it hard to move or is it just connect to like the hitch of a truck and you just drive it down the road?
2: Well, that's why we picked the size as a shipping container, because it's a standard size that there's uh, trucks that can can haul these. So it's actually it was a conscious choice to make it that size, which is small enough that can go into these places, but it's actually standard that we can move it
0: around very easily. Oh, okay, Interesting. Also in the news, for our listeners, Google is opening their first shop, and it's expected to compete a little bit with Apple, and that is in New York City. Other than that, I don't have a lot of other retail news to chat about today. We had a really busy week with our team during Shop Talk for Women Virtual, and we spoke with a lot of amazing retailers. So if you're listening, go ahead and check out the recap and all the great insights we got directly from those women leaders on our website at Rethink.Industries, and J.D., Jeff, if our listeners want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do so?
2: Hello at iFi.com or even my personal email, which is not hard. It's uh, my name, Joel, at iFi.com.
1: And for me, it's LinkedIn. My profile is open or on Twitter at J-E-F-F-P-R or um, email Jeff underscore roster at Outlook.com.
0: Perfect. Jeff, JD, it was amazing to have you on the show today and I hope to have you back again soon. It
1: was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you very much.
0: You've been listening to the Rethink Retail podcast. If you would like to be considered as a guest on our show, apply at rethink.industries podcast guest. For sponsorship opportunities, send us an email at media at rethink.industries. You can help support our team at Rethink Retail by dropping us a rating and review on your iTunes podcast app. To each and every one of you, thanks so much for tuning in. Retail never sleeps. See you next week.